So, <clears throat> eyes wide. Oh, what, what did they say? Friday Night Lights. Open hearts. Yeah. Clear eyes. Open hearts. Or clear, clear, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't yeah. lose. Yep, yep. That's right, Kyle Chandler. I'm pretty sure um, Jane Seymour, though, says something about clear eyes, open hearts. <laughs> my open hearts collection, only exclusively only at K Julius. <laughs> begins with the letter K. <laughs> uh, exactly. Okay. Okay. There we go. Welcome to another installment. <laughs> uh, damn it. Okay. You know you want it. S- serious. S- serious what we're doing here. Okay. Welcome to another installment of The Glitz Mob. Glitz Mob. I'm Kent Seavers. I'm Brendan Meisner. One of these days, we'll have a theme song. It's going to be glorious. So. Ooh, Glorious by Muse? That's a great song. It could be. Yeah. No, it could be. We'll put that in the, in the suggestion box. But uh, first suggestion, have a suggestion box. Mm, Clutch. Yes. So this week we watched a deer movie. It's it's dear to my heart. I like it. Just going to put that out there. I've seen it a few times now. Spoiler alert. Um, But yeah, the movie is called Chaos Theory. It is a low-budget Ryan Reynolds. Would you call it a rom-com? Uh, I would call it a romantic series of unfortunate events. Yeah, it's a rom-com. <laughs> uh, it's it's not. It's it's about the least chick flicky rom-com. But I mean, technically, I think you'd have to define it as a romantic comedy. But it's I also so. got some. It's also got some elements of, you know, there's some dramatic elements. It's very indie. Yeah. It's a comedy and a tragedy. Exactly. So, without further ado, let's let's jump into our criteria. Brendan, can you refresh us on what those are? Yeah, so we have five basic criteria that we kind of stack all these movies up against to determine if they are worthy of being enshrined in the Glitz Mob Hall of Fame. Those five criteria are as follows. Number one, overall quality of the film. This includes everything that the Academy and Golden Globes and SAG and all those people look at. BAFTA. uh, BAFTA, Razzies, all those things. Um, Looking at acting, directing, cinematography, Sound editing and mixing, the plot, the the um, screenplay, all those technical elements that we don't really know much about, but look and sound pretty cool. Um, that's all encompassed by quality. Um, number two, the feels. Does it bring the feels? Does it bring all the feels or some of the feels? And what exactly are those feels that it brings? Uh, number three, 
does it have a broad appeal? Is this a movie that anybody would enjoy watching or at least be enticed to watch based on knowing the contents of the trailer? Or is it something that only a limited number of people would really watch, understand, and enjoy? Number four, rewatchability. Is it something that you would want to watch again? Is it something that you would enjoy watching again? Is it something that you could rewatch and take something new away from depending on um, season of life or season of the year? And finally, the holds upness or timelessness of the film. Um, does it hold up over time? Do the themes and um, story and just overall film hold up and make it something that you'd want to watch 20 years from now? Awesome. So do you want to give us a little synopsis quick? It's all about all about Frank Allen, who's Ryan Reynolds' character, and his story about a night that his wife chose him, and then subsequently, eight years later, when a missed fairy, a corporate groupie, a panicked expectant mother, and a medical test brought Frank's marriage to a crisis. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's... Uh... It starts off as the sappiest rom-com you've ever seen. It uh, basically becomes a farce. There's some intense drama of him finding out that he can't have kids and uh, therefore his, his daughter must not be his, which is a bombshell and then the rest of it is kind of how he deals with that some of it's hilarious some of it's heart-wrenching and just how some of it is uh but it yeah eventually he comes to terms with it and uh i think we all learn a valuable life lesson Mm, don't let no cards rule your life exactly exactly yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. What what did you think about the overall quality of the film? I love the story. I think that it is a very original take on the whole relationship crisis rom-com that's been done over and over and over. It starts off with Frank being the bad guy in the crisis of the marriage, having gotten a little bit inebriated at a corporate event because he was upset with his wife and then just because he's naive going back to his hotel room with a groupie who ends up wanting to shag him and he ultimately makes the right decision to walk away although his wife calls the hotel of course at that exact time and finds out about this woman and so because of Frank's choices that night his marriage is in trouble. And then it quickly turns into him being vindicated in that he did nothing wrong, but finding out that, oh my gosh, his wife slept with somebody else besides him at some point and had a baby that's not his that he's been raising for eight years? Seven years, I believe. Seven years? Thank you, asses. And so, um, yeah, the there's lots of little twists that are kind of shocking and fun. Um, it's, a, it's a nice original concept. Um, I once spent a whole day in college making choices 
based on the results of flipping note cards, um, kind of like Frank does in the film. So it impacted me in that way. Um, so that aspect's good. Um, the acting, I think, at times leaves a little bit to be wanted. Uh, <laughs> especially, I mean, man, uh, his best best friend, best dude, buddy, who's played by Stuart Townsend. <laughs> There's just times when I'm like, dude... Are you, are you like you're just trying too hard there's such thing as overacting and you're doing it right now yep so um don't need to have a pool to have a pool boy <laughs> okay but that part was not overacting <laughs> oh man so, so there's some parts that are that are good good and high quality there's some parts that are a little bit lower quality obviously a lower budget film and so that that's kind of to be expected but um still still a, a, a good story that maybe could have been improved upon a little bit with some better acting and cinematography but i liked it what did you think yeah i'm pretty much gonna have to agree with you there brendan i oh man the quality it it just it's a roller coaster not of emotions it, although it is that, but not only of emotions, it is a roller coaster of quality because some of the, some of the content I'm writing is just so good and some of it is just so extremely oh, bad, bad. Oh, extremely bad. I mean, the whole initial New Year's party. Oh, it's just, just awful. Cringe. Just awful. Uh, okay. The the one of the one of the low points is when he is talking to his friend who's an attorney and he says something like, as your attorney, I I am bound by the letter of the law or something like that. And then he gives this like smolder face, like blue steel, <laughs> like Stephen Temple face. That's just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> it's just so awkward at that moment. Um, the part where they are talking, of the, uh, presumably the way that uh, they end up together is they're friends, they're longtime friends, and he likes her, and um, she is picking from her friends who to choose to marry, and uh, she chooses based on how good of a name her friends have for their penis. <laughs> so bad. So sophomoric and dumb and bad. Oh, man. <laughs> it just yeah. does not work at all. And then, she, and then at, at the end, everybody gets distracted and everybody's kissing and it's a countdown. And then she comes up to him and says, it was always going to be you. <laughs> And it just does not make any sense whatsoever. No, no, not at all. Uh, but then there are times like when he's in the doctor's office and he finds out that he's got Kleinenfelter's syndrome or something like that. Um, yeah, Kleinfelters. Kleinfelters. And he never could possibly have ever had children. And it starts to sink in. First, he's he's like, "Yes, I'm vindicated." Uh, you know, my wife. I I have proof to show to my wife that I didn't do anything wrong. And then he starts to realize, "Wait, my daughter isn't my daughter." 
Um, it just, you see his whole world just kind of collapse. Um, <clears throat> and then he pulls over on the side of the road and just kind of sobs. It's good. I mean, it yeah. is compelling. Um, I'd say after the first probably 10 minutes, I mean, even, even kind of that it's set in the future when his daughter is getting married. Here's the deal. I want it to get remade <laughs> and just take out the parts that just are so awful. And it would, it would just, oh, it would be so good. You should make a new movie called Materia de Chaos. Yep. That would be this. Uh, that was the same movie I have. It's Canadian. <laughs> so I have, I have my DVD says chaos theory. And then it also says La Terre du Chaos. I don't know how you say chaos in French, but yeah, I just want them to remake it and just make it all of the good stuff without any of the really bad stuff. But good luck. that said, there's some great acting. There's some bad acting. There's some really good writing. There's some really bad writing. Nothing about this. The way it's made is really, I mean, editing or anything like that is distracting. Um, there's also nothing really profound about the effects or yep or anything. Exactly. So I will say, the soundtrack is pretty good. And oh yeah. It introduced me to the Damwells, which ended up being the song that was played for my first dance at my wedding. So I've got a soft spot for it. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got some. It's it's definitely got some solid. Uh, music in the soundtrack it's also got some really sappy stuff in the soundtrack but it plays uh with the theme of it yeah so we could probably go on and on in terms of quality i think we can agree that it had its bright moments it had its dull moments just had lots of different variety quality of moments exactly um and so we've kind of already spilled over into the feels um but the feels are kind of the same way you uh you kind of you know you go from kind of being like do i need to turn this movie off it's really bad <laughs> and then if you give it a chance past the first 10 15 minutes it starts to get really interesting and funny and fun and compelling and um really heartfelt and uh yeah i mean i i'll, I'll keep it simple if, uh, you know as it pertains to the feels i yeah it it uh it does some things that uh other movies don't do um it's a great movie if you're feeling sorry for yourself and you just want to indulge your uh uh your grief it's a great movie for that um but it's just a heartfelt warm movie um it's i mean it's it's funny it's downright funny in parts um and so yeah i i it gave me the feels it definitely did how about you yeah um for what the story is and and what the goal is going through recounting frank's boy meets girl they get married and then they go through this crazy rough patch in their marriage in a comedic way the feels i ended up feeling were more on 
the end of you know I I was entertained at parts and um, got some good good laughs in, enjoyed some things there. It really didn't make me feel that um, I don't know that that sad or there's never any profound sense of just really feeling um, despair to the level that the characters seem to. And so um, while I was invested in characters and in um, trying to kind of agree with what they were going through, I found myself just being more entertained throughout, um, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it was it was more on the calm side for me than the ROM. But yeah, yeah, there were feels and I felt them. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and of course, because it's a Canadian movie, they go to a hockey game at one point. <laughs> of course, of course. And he streaks across the court. Yep, yep. It so, happens. <laughs> so being a Canadian film... Do you think that this film appeals to people beyond just Canadians? Yeah, I would say so. Um, You might be more inclined to give it a favorable rating if you are Canadian. Um, Just because it seems like kind of a homegrown production. But, um, yeah, no, I, I... it's it's got some universal appeal. I mean, the, the it, it's a farce, and a farce has been done in in many languages across many cultures. So when everything starts to fall apart, and he you know he, he uh, she thinks that this woman who he helped go to the delivery room um, and and deliver the baby when his wife thinks that it's his, uh, and all these you know this kind of confluence of events um everything kind of falls apart i think that's definitely something that's got universal appeal it's funny um yeah i mean they're they're pretty simple themes that they go into uh in that regard so yeah i i I do think it has a pretty broad appeal now it that said it it's like we said before, it's an indie film, so if you're looking for high budget, uh, you know, rom com, whatever, um, it may not be your, you may not fit in the target market, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it could fit in in multiple scenarios, and yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's nothing that would, I think, drive somebody away from this movie upon just watching a trailer, hearing like a description, um, having a, a kind of vague retelling from a friend. Um, I think that, I mean, there's just a, an all-around general kind of rom-com appeal to it. Um, so anytime that you're in the mood for that kind of a movie, then yeah, this is something that... It could definitely be pulled out and enjoyed across the broad spectrum of ages, um, classes, just everything. Um, yeah, there's nothing really precise about it, so I think it fits. I think it, it works well. 
Yeah, I'd say that right. I'd say that's right. Excuse me. Um, so how about rewatchability? Could you watch it again? Would you enjoy it more or less upon subsequent watchings? I mean, I, I think that, I mean, can you rewatch it again? Absolutely. I have many a time and I've enjoyed it every time. Um, on subsequent watchings, you at least know that after that first 10, 15 minutes or so that the movie gets much, much better. Oh, so yes, <laughs> you've got that going for you and, and you just know that you have to kind of buckle down for the beginning and then <laughs> treat. So um, in that vein, it's much better the second time around. Um, I think also just knowing kind of what's coming Maybe you can kind of take a look and, and dig a little bit deeper into the intricacies of, of everything that goes on. You know what's coming, so you're not caught off guard by um, the little flips and flops. And you can maybe see things a little bit differently from each character's perspective. Yep. Um, whereas opposed to the first time, you might just be naturally inclined to take a side, one or the other, depending on your sense of justice or um, or yep. what you feel. So. Um, yeah, I think on on future watchings, there's there's still something to be gleaned from it. And then after you get past all that, it's just a fun movie. So a good one that you can just throw on every so often for old time's sake. Yeah, exactly. I, know, I already know what your answer is going to be, but would you watch it again? I would. I have. And uh, yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I'd say it was just as enjoyable. It, it maintains its enjoyability. Um, yeah, depending on what mood you're into. Um, I mean, if you're in just a regular mood, it's enjoyable, but if you're feeling one thing or another, um, you, you know, you may want to watch it for that reason. Um, yeah. You know, if you're in a, a sad mood or, you know, just a, I don't know, you're just frustrated and want, want to take your mind off of whatever is, bugging you um it's a good one for that um yeah it's it's good as a whole it's good and watching it again you know the hijinks are just as funny um when they're fighting in the boat and the, there's a misunderstanding <laughs> about uh who's who uh frank is trying to kill <laughs> which sounds terrible but uh they're in the boat wrestling and Buddy thinks that he's going to kill himself. And uh, Frank is, is <laughs> buys the gun so that he can kill Buddy. <laughs> and, I won't let uh, you do it, Frank. I won't, let you, I won't let you kill yourself. I won't let you commit suicide. Murder! Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to commit murder! Uh, man, it's, uh, you, you know, it tackles some, some really tough... Uh, themes and is still lighthearted um and probably honestly most of that's just because of the soundtrack but uh yeah it yeah it's good it's rewatchable for sure yeah i i agree it's a movie of many moods and um yeah you don't have to be in a specific mood to watch it so it works really well across across the spectrum for sure but does it hold up over time what is the lessness of the time? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
again, I, I think it would, um, the themes are, are pretty timeless. They, they aren't anything that would necessarily fade. Um, I don't know. I find it's difficult, more and more difficult as I go through this to kind of, um, suss out what would not be timeless. Um, maybe something extremely topical or something like that for contemporary times. But I mean, everything it's, a, you know, has to do with family. Now, some of, some of the, I don't know, just kind of what goes on might be too racy or might seem sappy on other sides. So I, I don't know how that would hold up, but overall I, you know, the general themes are again, I mean, it's a farce, it's a comedy, it's a, uh, a family drama, um, father daughter kind of thing. Yeah. So I won't, I, I don't know any reason why it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like there's nothing in it that would really keep it from that besides being Canadian, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I can uh, expand upon it further. You nailed it. All right. So in light of all of those areas and everything we've talked about, do you think that chaos theory deserves to be enshrined in the glitz mob hall of fame you know the way you ask that question does it deserve it i'd say for some of the shenanigans it pulls i would say it deserves to be cast out uh the really i mean the penis thing it just doesn't fly (laughs) it's not funny it's just weird uh, it's just awkward. It's super awkward. Now, I gotta say though, I the the rest of it again. It, you know, nobody has remade it, but if they did, it would be spectacular. Um, it yeah, I I just think it it's got that cozy indie Canadian feel. Um, it it deals with some again hard things in a really light-hearted manner it's a very redemptive film in the end i would say yes it it's got to go in mind now i have to i have to add a caveat that this is films my hall of fame i just i consider films not necessarily as i would recommend them to other people but if it's in my hall of fame and i would say i'm gonna watch this movie again it's uh it's a favorite of mine. So yeah, it's got to go in my Hall of Fame. Yeah, this is this is a really hard one for me because it's it's a film that I enjoy every time that I watch it despite all of the the cringe <laughs> aspect of it. Um it truly did play a big role in my life. Like I said, I used a song from this film for my wedding. Um, I dedicated a day to making choices based on the turn of note cards. And so not many films have made me act on them like that with that idea Um, or with a central idea from the film that I've just gone out and lived my life by for a day. And so, I mean, this might be kind of controversial and maybe if I went back and, and we redid all these podcasts and, 
redid them again, my answers would be different. And the fact that I didn't put the Matrix in the Hall of Fame might be controversial after this. But yeah, this is in my Hall of Fame, man. I love this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there. I think there is room for low-quality films to be um, enjoyable and be something that you would go to over and over. Maybe not like a, a Manos, Hands of Fate. But, um, yeah, I'm saying yes. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, and if I may, um, well, I'm kind of regressing here, but w- one of the things <laughs> uh, I'll pick on the movie for is the whole note card thing because it's kind of set up to be a theme where it's like, oh, he used to use these note cards for organization, but once his life kind of falls out of his hands and it's out of control, he's using these note cards to randomly decide what he's going to do. And it's supposed to be like this kind of deep motif, and it's definitely not. But (laughs) at the same time, it still works. It's still funny. It's still fun. There's still a point in the movie where one of the other teachers says, "Uh, I need to pull you aside. Frank bought a a bitchin' Harley. And... uh, (laughs) A red one. <laughs> I just, I mean, some of those conversations are just spectacular, and you can do them any other way. So yeah, there you have it. It's in the hall. It's in the hall. We need a we need a sound effect for when something goes into the hall of fame. We'll get right um, on that. Get yeah, the. Yeah. Can we get one of our producers to pull a sound effect? That that'd be great. Thanks. Appreciate it. Mm. Yes, yes. All right. So we've we've decided on the hall vote, and uh, now it's time. You know what time it is. It's time to ask a question of Kanye West. Questions Brendan, for Kanye. Would you do the honors of asking Kanye West a question? Oh, absolutely. I feel like this almost needs to be like a deep thoughts with Jack Handy kind of moment. Right. Well, we could certainly be asking better questions. I think that's what we all strive for, is asking better questions of Kanye. So let's do our best. Just because it's not the best question doesn't mean that it's not the most necessary question of the Mm. time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think this one is definitely necessary. Yeah, yeah. For for a long time, every time I've seen a picture of Joel Osteen, I've just been drawn to his white smile and the incredible falseness of it. Okay. And I yep. I don't know that that's for true. That that's for real. That it's not that it's not a, a natural natural smile. But I've never seen it in person, and I just have to know. Kanye, do you have any permanent eye damage from looking straight into Joel Osteen's smile? Yep. Is there any sort of disclaimer that he gives you before he smiles and says, please don't look straight into my mouth or you will have some blindness moving Mm -hmm. forward? I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of thing that that would happen. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of lights shining on him. Yeah. It's like a freaking reflector, man. 
Yeah. He doesn't need to wear bright clothing when he's out jogging at night. He just needs to flash a smile and the headlights bounce right off of it. That's true. Although I don't think he stopped smiling, so. <laughs> 24-7 smile. Yep. <clears throat> For sure, man. So, yeah, Kanye, do you have, like, a blind spot? Um, More yeah, than the I... natural blind spot that you already have in your vision? Right. Exactly. I want to know. When you close your eyes, do you see it burned onto your retinas? <laughs> uh, of all the images in the world that have burned onto your retinas. If so, I hope it's like off to the side somehow and not like directly in the middle. So whenever you <laughs> stare at Kim, all you can see are Joel Osteen's teeth etched <laughs> into your vision forever. That would be tragic. Would you rather... Have mayonnaise breath for the rest of your life. Okay. <laughs> or see Joel Osteen smile on your significant other's face every time they <laughs> think. Uh, uh, mayonnaise breath is pretty terrible. That's pretty bad, and I hate mayonnaise. But it's a very tempting option in this uh, case. Uh, uh, I can't decide. They'd both be terrible. I'll just live in thanks, thankfulness, and gratefulness that I don't have to choose one of the other. Well, I'll let you dwell on that question and have that those both of those thoughts permanently scarring you. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'll next time when we talk about the movie The Fall. The Fall. Yes. Thank you for announcing our next movie. We will be watching The Fall, and rumor has it. We will have our first ever guest host. So be sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. So be sure to catch us next time on the Glitz Mob. I'm Ken Sievers. I'm Brandon Meisner. Stay glitzy. Stay glitzy. Glitz Mob. Glitz Mob. Roll out.